Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode six of the Audio Files podcast. Six, I am six, your six. host, as always, Quinn, and uh, with me is the best co-host around, Griffin. Yeah, boy. <laughs> he knows it. We all know it. Uh, we're back after a brief little hiatus. We had to take a week off because I was actually going to see my dear co-host Griffin, along with the other people that happened to be in my family. We cuddled. Uh, it was very nice. It was a lovely little four-day getaway so thanks for everyone giving us some time to do all of our personal stuff but we're happy to be back now and even though i had said uh in an instagram post that we would probably talk about tool and or slipknot uh neither of those things are true because (laughs) i am a great big liar and uh we really decided that um neither of us had had a great chance to fully dive into the slipknot album yet and also we're gonna kind of put off tool until the whole album comes out at least for like an in-depth look at any of it um so in the meantime we're gonna take this episode to talk about something that came up while we were together actually in person and we're gonna talk about sort of uh the youtube music scene and everything that entails we have uh, a couple different channels that we really like and that we've recommended to each other but then also um i just kind of want to talk about some of the some of the culture that comes with being a musician sort of strictly on YouTube or maybe primarily on YouTube because there's a whole hell of a lot of those and I think that's really interesting and a very uh, you know modern development for the music scene. So we're gonna get into all that today and we'll save the slipknot and tool stuff for a little later on, but don't worry, uh, we will get to them all in due time. Don't forget uh, about that corn too. We got to throw that. In also, there. yes, that. that's true. Also, corn and also uh, knocked loose comes out in ten days of re- as of recording this. Oh, so sweet. August is stacked, baby. That's going to be. Is. We got a lot of things that we're going to have to get to. So I'm very, very stoked to get to all of that. But in the meantime, uh, I'm just going to quickly gloss over. Of course, thank you to everyone for listening. We appreciate all of you. You're great. Thank I've gotten you. even more messages uh, about things to listen to and stuff. And because I've been traveling, I haven't, yeah, I haven't really dived into any of those, but I am going to get to them probably for the both of us uh, later this week. Uh, you are being heard, and I appreciate everyone telling me all that stuff. Um, so then that leaves us with the other most important thing is what we've been listening to. And uh, Griff, why don't you start us off? Oh, boy. Um I know we're not going to talk about Tool, but I just want to say that I did listen to the single. <laughs> well, yeah, which I I still have not, but I am curious to hear what you thought about it. Uh, just briefly, um, I don't want to taint it. I, just, I guess it doesn't matter because there's a whole album coming out. But to me, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's a good song. Uh, it's I, It wasn't worth waiting 13 years for. That, that'll be my comment. That's so fair. That's, that's where I'm at. It's, okay. it's not a bad song. Um, I hope the rest of the album you know, does it for me, but it's, it, it wasn't worth waiting that long for. It sounds too similar to everything else they had already done. So I was hoping for more progression. We'll talk about it more when we get into tool as a whole band, but, um, I listened to it twice now. I liked it better the second time, but still it's like nothing grabbed me. It was like, okay, this is a, uh, this could fit anywhere on laterals or 10,000 days. Yeah. You know, that's it, it could have of- been, been a B side. Yeah, that's sort of what I've been, uh, what I've been Which seeing. Which I love both albums, so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, it's, with any band, like, Tool, you know, like, once the bar is set that high, it's kind of tough, especially when you're coming back from 13 years. Uh, yeah. It is the Half-Life 3 of music. Yeah, so, so I, I don't hate it, but, you know, I'm hoping the whole album, because it, it Tool's a whole package. I mean, I don't, know if, I don't know if you saw the pre-order, like, what the pre-order is going to, or, oh, like, yeah. what the, what the thing is going to be. 
Buck it's wild. Like a, yeah, it's got a screen on it, and you can charge it, and it's going to have some kind of video. I mean, it's like 40 dollars to even get the, the CD. Yeah. And they're going to do vinyl, obviously, too, so I can't imagine what that's going to be. But So I'm excited for that because, obviously, the, it's all about the presentation. And like I said, we'll talk about it when we get to talking about Tool. But So there, I have hope is the point. Like I feel like that was just a little sliver of, yeah. you know keep you interested so i wasn't i wasn't over the moon about it but i didn't hate it either so yeah and well you know it's, i think it's like it's also kind of weird because if you think about it you know it's they haven't really had to deal with what it's like to release music in like the modern age on all these streaming platforms and with well that's all true this. i do want to talk about that briefly uh just because it just happened so you know obviously they waited forever which I, it was made the most sense for them to wait until a new album was going to come out to do to finally put everything on a streaming platform i mean they're weird as it is. So I get, I get yeah. it. I think it was a little bit too long, but what I thought was interesting is obviously the first day there were no stats on Spotify for any of this. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm pulling it up now. What are the, so after one day, the monthly listeners was at like a million two. Jesus Christ. And it's been what? Not even two weeks yet. Yeah. And it's at 3.5 million monthly listeners. God damn. And their new track is at 4.3 million. And it's the highest, of all the plays right now, but like, you know, schism and everything else is in the 3 million. So it's like whatever they're, I forget how many days passed. Like I think it's 60 days later or 90 days later, you get a check from Spotify. So like they're going to get a good, good paycheck. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> Cause I mean, the only, way could, the only way you could get the music for was basically buying it physical. So like they weren't making money on, they're making money on tours this whole time. So like, yeah, well, I mean, not, I, I mean, tool tickets are expensive as fuck. So exactly. Sure so I mean, they made all of their money. Yeah. And so I, they're going to get a nice little, uh, recoup on this and maybe it's worth maybe this is worth waiting that long but um i just thought that was interesting is like people definitely wanted it and i i'm not looking at like apple music stats i'm sure spotify is probably where most people are doing it but yeah um it's just insanity to me that like after one day it was like we all want it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it but was it was just like the the switch flipped and everyone was like everyone was listening to tool uh yeah i mean it's but actually speaking of stats this is kind of a brief aside um when i did turn on the slipknot album today I just like the top song or all the top songs pretty much were obviously off of the new album, but, uh, yeah. unsainted is the top one. And that shit already has 30 million plays, but yeah. that, that came out well, as a single it's been out first. For, yeah. It's been out for a minute. Yeah. But, but even still the fact that within like a couple months or however, that's however long that's been out, that's got like 30 million plays is fucking wacko. Oh yeah. And they're at 7.3 7. million listeners a month. So I mean, like it's, <laughs> that's fucking Jesus. Metal's, ba- metal's back, baby. I'm not, I'm not, Seriously. I'm not I mean, well, it's like, you know, the, this whole this is 99 month. 99 all over again. <laughs> yeah, this whole month is Ozfest 99. I'm, I'm not upset about that. So, like, I, I, I can get I behind am not it. not either. <laughs> I, I know we haven't talked about the new corn stuff, and I haven't really dove into that. I've just heard, like, you know, snippets, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for that too. And yeah. I'm excited to get an album from them that I actually enjoy after six or seven that I don't give a shit about. So. Yeah. No, I <laughs> was know? talking to my, my barber, shout out Rob, because he's the shit. And we were talking about how, uh, Corn slaps, and that's all there is to it. I mean, I I don't know what it is, and I we'll probably dive into it with each individual one. But I don't know something about I don't know what's happening if in the world today. If we've just finally, if all the bands have finally got to a point where like they're in the music industry and like they're just fed up, or like you know the, the anger, the energy's back. They're older, they're wiser, but or if they've just finally started listening to better music. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's, <laughs> no, there's something though because it, it, so, so, it has changed. And it's interesting because if any other band had probably put out either that corn song or maybe even the slipknot record like we probably wouldn't be that interested because like ah whatever but like it's the fact that it's these people putting out this music yeah. like that's what's 
good about it because we have a history with them. You know, it's like when your friend does something, you know, you're like, you're interested because it's your friend, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. you know them. So it's like, it, it's really more about the band, but the fact that they're still putting out something that's great. I mean, all the reviews have been like, you know, this is, you know, an opus for Slipknot. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, and I'm the same way. I've only, I listened to half of it uh, and not even in an environment that I really want to listen to. I just wanted to get a sampling and I was, I was impressed. There's still moments where I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, but, yeah, the, I'm, I, I get it, you know? Yeah. But, but I didn't hate it. I definitely enjoyed what I was listening to more than previous albums. Yeah. Uh, at least the past two. So anyway, we'll talk I about those when we, get, when we get there. But uh, besides that, what I've actually want to talk about for a couple weeks now, but um, I'm still listening to it. So, um, the, so my, uh, wedding anniversary is coming up this month in August. Um, and it's our five years, uh, of being married and what, 16 years being together, but, uh, yeah, no big deal. Uh, yeah. Five, five years. So the reason that this even came up is because, uh, the album I'm going to talk about. So Dikembe's mediumship, it's their second full length. Um, that came out five years ago in July and they posted something and said, you know, Hey, it's the five year anniversary, blah, blah, blah. But uh, we eloped in Portland, Oregon. And at the time, I was heavily listening to that album because it just came out. And it was such a departure from uh, their previous stuff. I've always liked Akimbe. I liked the original band, uh, Wavelets, the singer was in. So I've always followed them. And uh, they were more of the emo genre, um, twinkly, energetic, all kinds of stuff. Um, but when Mediumship came out, it's... Oh, it's just so good. The only thing I can say is it's just so good <laughs> because it's, it's a band that like it's the only way I can describe the action or the album is like, it's an album of reflection. Like to me, it's like, it's all the best parts of the band, but like it's got breath to it and it's got, uh, you know, just so much room and uh, reflection and even the cover, like looking at the cover, like once you hear the album, the cover makes so much sense. Uh, just like it all, just the whole package just works so well together and the lyrics. And so at the time, listening to that and even the second record I'll bring up here in a second, these two albums I listened to five years ago, like they just immediately take me back to Portland in that time. And I love Portland as a city. And, uh, you know, we got married at Wakala Falls under a waterfall and it was gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. But it was just, you know, me, my wife, um, our photographer, her husband and the officiant. So it was a very private moment. And one of the things we did before we, and, and, and the whole event going there, uh, long story short, we, uh, our flight was delayed. Um, we got detained or, you know, uh, delayed in Dallas and then, uh, everybody was delayed. And then we finally got to LA jumping a flight and we had to sleep on the floor till like four in the morning. Then finally got to Portland. Like it was a whole 24 hours of, <laughs> we were going to get married the next day and we weren't even in Portland yet. So, I mean, my wife was a wreck for obvious reasons, you know, I'm stressed out and this record, you know, took me there and we, you know, met, went to the place the day of kind of saw it. Then we we're going to get married the day before. And like, this is the record we made it packed or I don't know. We made a decision that we're going to write our vows the morning of, um, just to kind of keep it in the moment and fresh and everything about, uh, you know, what we're going to do when we're getting eloped. And I was listening to this record when I wrote my vows. Um, but it just immediately takes me back there and the lyrics are so reflective and just, it's, it's like, it's a band that kind of grew up and there's just so much, uh, the instrumentation, just everything. It's just, it, it, it hits me a certain way. And even going back, you know, before, because I obviously listened to it before we got married, but like, even when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, this is different. Like the first track is just him and a guitar and just, it's so low in the mix. And like the lyrics that he's saying are just like, Oh wow. Okay. This is going to be different. And then as it flows into the next track, it's just 
oh, it just hits me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this, I, Dikembe has obviously put out, if you look at anything, they put out a lot of stuff, but, um, this record is, I think their, their best one. Um, I don't know what he was going through at the time or what they were doing as a band, but like the drummer sounds so good. The guitar player sounds good. Like his vocally, he was probably not everybody's cup of tea before he, he started. Even my wife, I think you were in the car. Like we, we had was. some, we had some song on with Dikembe, uh, last week. And she was like, this is Dikembe. Ugh. And, <laughs> I don't think she's listened to this record, but I think she would appreciate it more, uh, his vocal style, at least on this record. But anyway, it's just, I don't want to hype it too much. Just everybody listen to it and figure out your own opinion. If you're into any of the uh, emo genre, but it just sit down and like, take it in. Like it's, it's just a very good, it's a very good record to me. Um, and I take a lot of influence from it still. And the other one at the time, that's kind of completely opposite of that <laughs> is a, a project called crosses with Chino Marino. Oh yeah, I, did. I forgot a, about crosses. Yeah, it was electronic. Uh, it was with one of the guitar players from Far, and I forget who that is. It's a three-person project, but basically, um, it's electronic. It's still a little heavy to it. I was just talking about this with Matt, who we had on the podcast uh, last time, and our friend Rigo, um, uh, just as a, talking about this band because we've always tried to do some kind of synth something band together and. I was talking about how this is one of my bigger influences or something like that because I think it's a it's a great sound, it's a great record, it's a little different, but um, it's all the best all the experimental aspects of Deftones, like all the kind of weird, um, not weird, but you know the Duran Duran sound or any of the yeah. '80s influence. But it's it's still it feels like it's in the now. It's not it's not something that sounds like somebody trying to duplicate the past. Like it feels like a now record, and that actually came out I think like in February of. Uh, what 2012 or whatever it was um not 2012 sorry 2014. 2014 um but I, for whatever reason i didn't really get into it until later in the summer um because the way that record came out is they put out th like three eps and then smashed them together kind of remastered them and made an album out of it yeah um but it's a it's a great it's a great record it's got a lot so much emotion to it some of his better lyrics um it flows really well um it's heavy and it just it's just driving I, it, it's, it's all over the map and I just, I really enjoy it. So those two albums together always bring me back to, you know, five years ago, Portland, all that kind of stuff and yeah. um, getting eloped. And so I've been going back and revisiting those um, and they, they slap. So <laughs> if you're into any of those styles of music, I think you'd enjoy it. But uh, they're to me, what, what I always call in my head albums that are, you know, start to finish albums. Like those are yeah. both, I can listen to every single track and be satisfied with. So well, the, uh, unfortunately uh, process has only done one album, but you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of tracks. So it's, it's a lot to uh, digest anyway. So I will be listening to crosses this week because I forgot about that entirely. And that shit was really good. I remember really liking that uh, whenever it came out, but I have not listened to it in probably years. Well, um, especially if you're in the synth or more into synth now, like it's yeah, totally. I think it would, I mean, there's me some tracks that don't even have synth. Now. I mean, it's just electronic drums and just like heavy distorted guitar. I mean, it just, it just, I, I think it was the right, right time, right place kind of album. And yeah. I don't know if they'll ever do anything again, but for me, it was like, this is exactly what I wanted from yeah. them or from Chino and that style of music. So it was good. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot for me to not like a Chino project. So I don't, I don't think that it'll have gotten any worse than what I remember it. Cause I, yeah. like I said, I remember loving it. The only one I didn't like or not, I'd say I didn't like, but the, whatever he did right after crosses, uh, was palms. I think it was the members of ISIS. They did oh, a band together. I, just, I don't even know if I ever listened to that. I actually, that was another one I forgot about, but I don't think I ever listened to palms. It's, it wasn't bad, but it like. I don't know. It didn't grab me. Like, yeah. so it's, it's one I need to revisit because I know at the time I was like, eh, I'm not really, I'd rather have a new Deftones album. Yeah. Um, and then they finally did. So, but, uh, I just, 
it, it didn't sound right. It didn't, like I didn't need ISIS music with Gino over it. Like it wasn't really what I was looking for. Yeah. So, but I need to revisit it. So if you, there's also, somebody out there likes it. For the record, though, ISIS is also fucking sick. Oh yeah, I'm. St- but I don't need vocals on that. That's especially I, Gino's. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that this is a this is an aside for the both of us that uh, I won't be able to talk about this week. But and I don't I don't know if you've listened to it either. But I we should both listen to the new Russian Circles album that just came out. You know, I used to love that band, and I just kind of fell yeah, off. Bro, they are um, so good. I've I've actually had like a resurgence lately, so I've been really excited for this album. But it's another one that I haven't listened to yet, so I haven't been able to bring it up on here. But I, talking about ISIS made me think of it. I mean, I I remember Station like that was like the one for me. Like, oh yeah, I love that. Geneva was good. I think I stopped at Impros, um, because I don't. I've never heard Memorial or Guidance or. I guess a new one is bloodier. Yeah, uh, fucking guidance is so good. Um, But yeah, that's I do think that'll be one that we both will probably enjoy a lot. And I also, uh, yeah, it it was just getting endorsed from a lot of people that I I respect a lot. And like I said, I already love Russian Circle, so I think that will be on the docket for August as well. Yeah, I'll tag it now. Um, Yeah, it's been that's so weird i just haven't seen that band in so long yes i i they're i think they are probably still sort of swimming just under the surface of the mainstream but um they are very very good yeah and for uh, as far as dikembe goes though goes though before we get too far away from it um i want i actually really want to listen to that album now because i've only i've never actually sat down and listened to any dikembe album straight through except for that uh first ep what is it scotty spliffin uh, Chicago or, or Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Spliffin is the song. I mean, that's, that's a great EP. I mean, if you just listen to that four song. I mean, it sounds nothing like Mediumship, but it's such a great yeah. I mean, four song EP. It works really well. Lyric, I mean, I've always really enjoyed his lyrics. I played with him. I remember I screamed Scotty Spliffin in his face when we played with him. <laughs> uh, uh, so I mean, like I I love those dudes. They're from Florida. Um, I think I talked about it when I was talking about Pool Kids. One, the guitar player mm-hmm. who used to be in You Blew It is also in Pool Kids and now in Dikembe. They still play. The dude's a school teacher, so even the lyrics in Scotty uh, Spliffin, the first you know thing off their first EP. I mean, he's talking about being a teacher. Like it's yeah, the, the dude is you know basically living a dream and be able to have a band that's at least of this popularity and you know still be a teacher and everything else. And he's a cool guy. But mediumship, just like the the tone of it and just everything, it's just if. I don't want to say it's a depressing album because it's not. It's just it's got that kind of vibe to it where it just like when you when you hear it, it's like okay, like I you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and like I'm not like the EP like I'm excited. I'm like you know at the show, you know jumping up and down kind of thing. Like mediumship's like all right, you know let me I'll, I'll drink a cup of coffee. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know I I saw them with one. Of, I mean I think it was at uh, one of the Videl shows I went to when you guys were opening for them um oh that's the show were you at that show yeah i was at that one but i so i was like sort of in the back for dikembe though only because i was like i only know like four of these songs but i do remember yeah. liking everything else that they played that i didn't recognize so the only bummer of that show is the drummer was for whatever he was having a bad day like i don't know yeah just, i remember he, that i remember he, he was, was he was a little off he wasn't cutting it and i don't think he did so i had a problem with you know they put out that ep and then they came out with a full length um i think it's broad shoulders i didn't hate that album but um it came out a little bit after and I was just like, okay, like they're still doing their thing. That's good. So that's why mediumship took me by surprise. Cause it's just the, the dynamics on mediumship are so different. You know, everything was always kind of just like punk at a hundred a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had dynamics, but not the way they did on mediumship and even everything after it's still in the same vein, but, uh, and I don't dislike it, but like mediumship just obviously it's personal to me, but 
at least those first two songs, like going from Even Bother right into Hood, Rat Messiah, like it's, oof, <laughs> like the tone, the energy. <laughs> My favorite song there is definitely track nine, Gets Harder, but Donuts in a Six Speed. I mean, every every song is good, and I think it's a great uh, track order the way they did it. Um, but just read the lyrics and kind of just fall into it. Like it's just, it's a, it's, it's not really a thinker, but it just, it's a, it's a vibe album is what I'll yeah. say. At least I, for me. I don't I'm, know if that's true. I'm here for it. I am totally here for it. Their whole catalog is good, but this is, this is my favorite for sure. Yeah. That's, uh, I am going to be listening to that. Um, well, sick. Uh, that was, that's, I mean, that's a good couple weeks. So take that and just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, mine is a lot less exciting, uh, primarily because I just have had, I feel like I've had a, a little bit of busy time with all of my travel and everything, so I, I haven't really been um, necessarily blasting anything too out of the ordinary. To be honest, probably the only thing worth noting is that while I was in Ohio um, and I was uh, graciously loaned uh, my sister's car to drive for the day to go see some of my friends in Columbus and uh, go sort of drive around the city and see what I'd been missing for the past however many uh, months. And while I was driving around, I was like, okay, I just want to turn something on that's sort of like in the background that I know I like. And it ended up just being what I was listening to the entire day. And I listened to uh, pretty much the whole discography of The Chariot and then uh, (laughs) the 68 album, Two Parts Viper, which... I love that album. God damn, that album is so so good. They're making a new one right now. I, right, I'm, done, dude, I'm, I'm like, it. I am on board. Uh, the first one, the first 68 album, I'm like not as crazy. I mean, it's good. It's I, I don't know. I I like all intro. of it, but it's uh, it's not yeah. as, it's not as uh, concise or pol- I don't want to say polished because they're not a polished band. But they're like, not. But the idea oh, is damn. more formulated on two parts Viper. Yeah, two parts Viper is so fucking good. Uh, but I, I also I mean like the the chariot. I mean not not much even needs to be said because like the chariot fucking rules. Oh, like, one of the best best live shows. Me and Matt uh, saw him uh, in town at a at the worst possible venue, and uh, they probably still <laughs> slayed it. They did, and um, it was their farewell the farewell tour. So we saw. Oh their yeah, last, yeah, I forgot about uh, that time in, in Columbus uh, ever. And obviously, if you know the band, you know how crazy they are live. And you know Stevis, who's now in Fever Three Three Three. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just as insane. He's more insane now, but he was pretty insane then. Um. And, you know, the drummer comes out at the end of, I can't remember the song, but they come out towards the end of the set and he puts his drum set out in the middle of the floor and plays the end of the show. So badass. Like that. But the best part, and <laughs> me and Matt always talk about this, is, uh, you know, the whole point at a chariot show is everybody just starts climbing all over the walls, jumping off everything. Yeah. Well, the guy running sound, like, you know, right after the first song is like, if anybody gets on the mic, if anybody gets on anything again, I'm shutting the show down. Like some, like he was pissed and we're like, Ugh. Way to harsh the vibe, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's why we're here. Seriously. Like, so it was weird that it was even at that venue. It was not the gr- great place for it. The one that's right below it would would have been way better. Um, but oh, was it? Uh, so was it at A and R? It was at A and R. Yeah, it was the oh, worst possible venue. God, for it. no. I mean, the basement would have sucked too, just because the stage is so small and like the area for it. But that's way would have made way more sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how how they got booked in A and R, but it was still a good show. Um, and it was completely sold out packed and uh, i'm glad i got to see it because i was actually that's the only time i ever saw them live was that last show so i yeah i I never got a chance to see them live uh which always bums me out but yeah i mean like i don't know dude i I have such a soft spot in my heart for like all southern metal um when i was you know like when i was first getting into like any sort of whenever i was really starting to identify uh metal as being a genre and like heavier music as like 
the primary uh my, my primary shit um southern metal was like always where it started for me for whatever reason but i mean obviously like every time i die is my favorite band i fucking yeah. love so many bands from that era but you're then, wearing an every time i die shirt right now i, can I see know you. actually funny <laughs> funny story about that uh i realized because i was just given this latest one by my brother thank you christian uh and i counted in my closet and i have seven every time i die shirts now and i don't even know why I think I have three or four. Obviously, we both have tattoos of mm-hmm. every time I die. Oh, and to clarify, while we're doing this cross country, we use FaceTime to look at each other while yes. we do this to make it less <laughs> awkward. So <laughs> I am looking at him on my iPad right now. But <laughs> yeah, and I am I am my wearing my latest addition to the collection. So yeah, I've got yes. like seven shirts. They have some of the be- they have some of the best merch though. And... I know they're so si- like every every single one of those shirts. I'm like, oh man, I'm really glad I got this one. Like, there's a couple band shirts that I've bought in the moment and been like, eh, that was kind of weak. Yeah. But not well, not any not, of those. What's nice about whatever time I die, I think it was it Merch Limited or Merch Connect, whatever mm-hmm. service they're using now, because I think it's Merch Limited because like they go out, it's like yeah, it's, it's limited like, time. Basically, yeah, it's always like a hundred so of these like, are there. Yeah, or you or it's like it'll be sold for a week kind of thing. So you really yeah. get good uh, designs and everything else, and they do crazy different. I mean, obviously they do flags and uh, hoodies and everything else. So if you if you follow them on any social media, you'll get an opportunity to get something kind of one of a kind, if you will. Yeah. I mean, um, plus because Jordan, the guitarist is like such an avid artist and designer for yeah. clothing and shit that like, you know, he puts his spin on a lot of their merch, not just his own line of stuff. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, so obviously Southern metal in general is like near and dear to my heart. But yeah, every time I listen to uh, any chariot album, but especially long live, I mean, long live is like fucking, peak that, i mean they for me. they opened with evan perks at the show and God it was damn. just immediately so like you know that song's a minute and a half right after it was over that sound guy is like no yeah. you're not gonna do that <laughs> oh yeah like, no. i mean <laughs> that i'm i can only imagine that like every i love watching videos of them on youtube of them playing just like yeah it's like literally as soon as the song starts like the bassist is just like walking on people's heads out into the crowd like oh he used to i mean they didn't they didn't even play with the bassist when we saw him it was just two guitar players but uh the at the old basis who didn't even he i don't i think the story is he wasn't even a bass player they're just like hey come play bass and he would just immediately throw his bass up in the air like yeah just like he didn't even play notes it was just basically open chords and it worked for them they're, they're they have that such punk aesthetic and i like that steve has still went to a band that still has that because that's like i don't think oh, he can yeah. play in anything else you know but the chariot like kind of i mean right out of the gate i remember wow when did the first thing come out like 2000 yeah 2004 when everything is alive came out yeah i remember because i had what 2002 2003 just got into norma jean and like you know obviously uh josh left and we got stuck with that shitty guy for a minute and then finally the guy who's on there now is there and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever saw videos of the in-between guy who was off no but i always heard stories of how fucking bad yeah. he was but i remember back in you know the, the myspace zanga days like some video got posted of them like you know josh got a new band it's called the chariot and it was like them in some like open room and um, the original guitar player, you know, just throwing his shit everywhere. And they were playing, you know, I think they opened with before there was Atlanta um, on that yeah. video. But it was just, it was such like a you know, moment in time thing to be like, oh, shit. You know, like, we're still going to get a band like the Chariot, but, you know, way more punk about it. And yeah. Not as, not as tech, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Obviously, Bless, uh, the, Bless the Martyr, yeah, uh, is a great album. So, like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But, like, it was such a unique thing. And I kind of fell off in between um and our buddy uh brian is a huge chariot fan and so is matt but um when long live came out it's kind of when i came back and i'm like oh shit yeah <laughs> like, so i feel like i feel bummed that i didn't like stay on top of them for those years in between but mm. um and i remember 
uh, when One Wing came out, and I, I hope Brian remembers this. Uh, I remember he texted me. He's like, "Hey, that new album." He's like, "I feel like he's like because the Chariot didn't announce it." But he's like, "I feel like this is their at least I don't think they did." But he was like, "I think this is their last album. Like, I think they're done." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, really?" And then like I think a, what like a tour or two later, they're like, "All right, this is our last tour." And I was like, "Oh shit, Brian, you yeah fortune teller, <laughs> fucking Nostradamus." Um, he is, but uh, yeah, I think they're a special band in that scene, and um, I don't know that we'll get another one quite as unique. Uh, no, I, I yeah. I, well, and also, I mean, uh, Josh, however you say his last name, I always say Scoggin, but I could be completely wrong. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, Josh Scoggins, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think that he, like, I mean, very, very evidently, if you listen to, like, uh, the first Norma Jean, and then if you listen to all of the Chariot, and then you listen to 68, like, I mean, there's a sound that is very much cultivated by him that like i don't think that anyone i mean not that i would want anyone to replicate it exactly but it's like that's so much of it is that you know love it or hate it he has just like you can tell that since the day he started playing music he had like a vision in mind for what he wanted to sound like and that like he's he's just fucking run with it and it it works i mean i mean his whole inspiration for the 68 was basically to do the black keys but in his way yeah, and, and it's uh, it's exactly what I wish the Black Keys could be. <laughs> well, that that was my biggest turnoff when he kind of said that and started doing it, and even the first like sixty eight that came out, like I was like, okay, like, but I fucking hate the Black Keys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I hate that band. I hate that they're from Ohio. I hate that yeah, drummer I, I am... more than anything in the world. I, <laughs> that goofy dumb motherfucker. And I don't like to talk shit on this podcast, but I'm just saying I don't. I do not like that band. I I, don't I, like I do. I, know, I don't I, like their I don't. music. I, mostly, I don't like that drummer. The singer guitar player could take or leave but that drummer i just he needs to stop yeah and i i hate it I, I hate the way he plays i hate his style i don't like it i don't like it so yeah, I, when that came out that hey we're gonna i, I really like the black keys i'm like fam what's going on Let yeah do <laughs> like do we need to talk uh, yeah but then as they progressed and i know they've had like three different drummers now but i mean he tours relentlessly i don't think that dude can do anything but tour uh, yeah i mean, I mean he, yeah dude it's insane i mean he like cannot sit still but he, he's still putting so much energy into it that's what i'm saying he is such a showman that like it doesn't matter like he is he's so good at what he's doing and i didn't know it would translate him on guitar i mean it's not like he's writing crazy riffs but like he's got his thing down yeah it works it's one of the better two pieces i've ever seen um well I, i've never seen him live but just like uh on youtube and everything else but yeah um, I'm hoping this new one is going to be just as good as two parts Viper. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they've got my fucking vote, dude. Cause I've, yeah. I would say that honestly, uh, probably since I have moved to Texas over the past like 16 months or however long it's been. Um, if I'm really thinking about it, uh, two parts Viper may have been the album that I've listened to the most and not for any particular reason, but like I, since I've moved down here, it's just always been on like repeat while I'm cooking or something. Um, and then just like, you know, like I said, driving through Columbus, like listening to that and just being like, man, I love everything about this album. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's just good. It's good rock. It's good. Good riffs. Yeah. Um, Bro, good. I mean, if you look, I mean, if you look good riffs and good, good riffs, rock and good riffs and good rock. Um, and I'm glad I kind of find a, I don't know if he's going to do it on the next one, but you know, obviously with the chariot, his, the song titles that kind of flow together or form a word. I mean, the first 68 albums like that, but yeah. like on the second one, he kind of got a, got away from that. I'm like, okay, that keep that shtick in the, in the chariot is kind of how I felt. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause I, I think that there needs that, that was always my thing yeah. with 68 is I was like, you got to differentiate. Like I, I understand yeah. that you have a, you have a brand, but yeah. keep the two apart. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so yeah, that was, I mean, that's it though. That's literally pretty much all I've been listening to. And then I started Slipknot and that's about where I'm at with my music this week. So, <laughs> but I'm not mad about it. It was, uh, it was, it's, you know, I'll listen to some Southern metal 
any day of the week of the year. Um, well, cool. Um, that, that takes care of all the important business to start off. Um, actually, wait, nope, lied, totally lied. Uh, I should have said this at the top of the show, but I'm going to add it in now, and then I'll make a note of it in the show notes as well as uh, in the Instagram post and stuff. But um, I had talked a few episodes back about making a Spotify playlist for uh, for the show and sort of being able to give everyone who's listening a chance to listen to the music we're talking about or listening to uh, as well. So hopefully um, this week, it may take me a couple days to get it fully curated, but I'm just going to start adding stuff to a playlist on Spotify, and then I will share it out so that everyone can have access to it as well. Um, and I think that's going to be a great way for everyone to sort of uh, get an, another level of immersion into what we're doing because I'm going to try and add in not only stuff that we're specifically mentioning, but uh, maybe things that we that just you know I'm listening to that week or that Griffin's listening to that week. We can sort of toss in there just so that everybody has something fun and varied to listen to as the show mm-hmm. progresses. So yeah, I'm very excited to do that. I'll keep everyone updated uh, via Instagram how that all shakes out but it was something that i wanted to note but now with all of that out of the way uh we can get into this youtube thing and um i think that uh, right off the bat let me let me let me get this thing going let me let me stir the pot by saying that i've uh in the past couple years i've started to have a really sort of negative connotation with what youtube does for the music scene um and i think that where that is kind of rooted is that um so many people can now just post these crazy edited uh super high quality you know videos of them doing like playthroughs of songs or them you know doing covers of songs or whatever and um it's very like disingenuous and i think that uh as I'm a drummer, uh, most of the things that I watch in terms of like playthroughs of things, it's going to gravitate towards drums first and foremost. And something that I think YouTube has brought about is the fact that like people can post a cover, a drum cover on YouTube that gets, you know, like a million views or something, but they're playing it with studio quality drums, but on a drum set that has no mics in the room and it's oh, sure. and yeah. it's like you know and, and they just think that nobody's going to notice and really like it's easy to miss it even if you're you know you're paying attention and then you know you kind of realize after the fact like oh shit this dude is totally not actually playing that song like he re- either did this you know he programmed this or he in the in one case there's a guy uh and i won't say his name because to each their own but there's a guy that um has a pretty big drum cover channel and he records everything on like an e-kit and then goes in like edits it in his DAW to you know make it all nice and and studio quality and then he films himself playing it on his acoustic set but it's not mic'd and he just links yeah. up the two tracks and uh and he's gotten really big and you know people is it the australian dude it is not it's not the australian dude but there is that one as well <laughs> yeah uh that that's a little different to me though uh what he what that guy's doing but uh, yeah, either way. but yeah i mean it, so i guess that really um uh, that's just one example but there's so many there's so many bands and musicians that rely on youtube and being able to like edit it and really present their image that i think that it makes it hard for me to filter out like what you know like who's even a good musician anymore and and you know like how do i trust with like there's so many you know playthroughs of especially in the genre of metal of p- 
people playing this like really extreme shit on guitar or on drums or on bass and sure it'll get you a trillion views and all of a sudden you're this popular Mm -hmm. band but it often does not translate to live and a lot of these people who are you know big youtube musicians i would not trust them to go out on a stage and be able to perform what they're doing so um i don't know i think that like i said it, it everything seems sort of uh it can seem like it is sort of disingenuous and i think that that is bad for the music industry in a lot of ways i think especially for budding musicians because if you go on YouTube and you see a bunch of people who are super successful and look like they're the best musicians in the world, like that discourages you from feeling like you can make your mark, especially if you're looking to be more technical or more precise in what you're playing. And I don't know, I guess that I worry that that sort of uh, keeps some people away from, from creating music and bringing new stuff into this world just because they see somebody on YouTube has this crazy edited badass guitar playthrough. But I, I guess I... I mean, I know what you're referring to. I, I don't, I steer away from all that stuff anyway. So, you know, just like with Spotify, my YouTube is pretty curated to what I want to see as it is. And I use the homepage pretty religiously. It always pretty damn good at recommending what I want to see or not see. So I'm not really following those people or care about that stuff. Cause I mean, as long as you've known me, I don't give a shit about covers. Yeah. Um, I never have. I want to see original stuff. The only time I ever look at a cover is, I mean, what just came to my head. There's a guy who did, um, one of my favorite drum records, you know, into it over it's proper, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Wakeham, I think that's how you say his name. Anyway, was a great drummer. Uh, a, a guy did a complete one shot. Oh God. Here's me on my that kit. Video is I'm going to so play through the, good. I'm going to play through the whole record. Like that's what I want to see. Yeah. And that's, there's not, there's no edit to it. It's just, I think he did Micah's drums at least, but like it's him playing through it and just showing you like, Hey, this is a cool fucking record. And I'm going to do a complete one take playthrough. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the content I want to see. He also did that same guy did, uh, a couple stories so far albums as well doing i think he did too yeah thing. i think he did blink 182 maybe as well i can't I think remember. i think that's way, right the, yeah that dude i, I like like those videos a lot but, the, but there's the hook though i'm gonna play it all the way through one take you know look at me having a blast like that's that's great to me i don't need to see some overproduced cover of something or a different version i mean i do follow some drummers um who do some of those playthroughs and I, it's not that i want to see them they just do some cool ones sometimes but like that's not really what I'm on YouTube for anyway. Like I don't use YouTube to seek out new music. Yes. Ever. Like that's never, it's, you know, Spotify, Bandcamp, Facebook or Instagram to some extent, but you know, I'm not using YouTube to see that. And it's, I'm sure I think I, in my thought, in my head, I thought it was more for probably EDM music than anything, but I'm sure there's metal. I, I, I guess I know what you're talking about. Like I do see a lot of guitarists, but like some of the ones that I follow, um, do more of like, you know, I can't think of his name, but there's a guy who does kind of metal stuff and, he says like here's a bunch of riffs in this style gent or yeah metalcore and just kind of shows you like here's a bunch of here's a bunch of uh, riffs from popular bands you know in drop c tuning and it's just kind of cool to see like okay these all there and like how similar they are if, if anything it exposes the generic riff of that genre yeah, so that's true um, but he he also does some cool stuff or like i think the new slipknot song came out and like that day he did a guitar guitar cover of it yeah so that stuff, I'm like, okay, that's that gives me at least I'll skip through that video and just kind of check it out. Like, oh, that's cool. He figured it out so quickly. But like, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I just I think that there's a there's a fine line, though, because I think that there are a ton of people. And I think that especially, you know, like for someone like you or someone like me, um, you know, like it's it is easy to differentiate between like, you know, the, the good and the shit. Um, but I yeah. feel like I guess what I always like I said, it, more where my issue comes in is that, um, you know, especially in like the the year of 2019 where like 
I don't know, say some like fucking 14 or 15 year old kid is like, for better or for worse is getting you know like a lot of content for for music off of youtube and they're they're taking inspiration from all these different um creators and stuff and i think that i i just don't like the idea of of people putting themselves out there and marketing themselves um as one thing that potentially like a younger audience or someone more impressionable is going to be like influenced by uh when really these people are are like you know completely phoning it in or i I don't know i just like i said i guess it's for the younger crowd, it, I don't want it to be a. Is, I guess what's your what's your example? Like who? What is? You don't have to. You don't say. Who, I don't really care who it is, but like, what is the example? Is somebody doing a cover that they're trying to pass off as their own? Well, so I or? guess to be honest, more. So I have two that come to mind uh, initially that I that I can just like that are sort of what started this in my mind for me having this issue. Um, and both of which are bands that I feel like a lot of people probably know the the strife involved with them, but would be uh, Rings of Saturn and um, the Heart Machine. And if you are so unfamiliar, explain <laughs> so so explain explain it because I don't know. I just you just had me listen to the Downbeat podcast with Matt Garska on it as the guest, and they did talk about the Heart Machine, and I didn't know what they were talking about. I could kind of infer what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know that story. I know Rings of Saturn, and I don't know what the controversy is with them. I can guess just knowing <laughs> well, what their music is. Yes. But, but explain it for some for me and the audience, because I, I don't know. Yeah, so um, so the Heart Machine was... I mean, I guess actually they're, they're back. They're a band again, and that's... I mean, that the, it's still controversial. Um, but essentially, they were... Th- this guy, his name is like... It's something I, I I don't remember. It's I think it's like Al Moomin something. Um, he's a British guy that pretty much as as gent and technical metal were really becoming big. He um, was putting videos out on YouTube and was like uh, you know teasing this album of this band called The Heart Machine that was going to be like super technical, like everything you could want out of a, a, a tech metal band in like 2013. And he was promoting a lot of it through YouTube and, um, and was getting, and like uh, social media and was getting really big. And so then he had a bunch of musicians record for him. And the drummer was, uh, Craig Reynolds, who like, as you said, the downbeat podcast drummer for straight from the path, uh, wonderful drummer. He got Craig involved was like, yeah, you know, I'm sending you all these riffs. Like, here's this album. Um, you can like track these drums and, uh, this album's going to be sick. We're going to get huge off of it. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't think has ever been made public, but uh, as far as like financial things that he did to fuck these people over. Uh, but all these musicians and people contributed to this album and then uh, they went to like play it live and like the dude could not play it at all. It was literally like all he had recorded it. Uh, I, I, and I mean, who knows exactly what happened on his end, but it was clearly either completely processed or he was recording it in like fucking tiny snippets like he was he was very clearly faking it is the point and the dude could not play any of the songs it all sounded like shit and he was also just being very sketchy and was uh just essentially doing it for social media fame and just to be Hmm. this cool leader in the industry but the dude fucking sucked and um immediately as all that started to happen craig the drummer was like no fuck this i'm fucking out uh he actually that's what he referenced in that uh, in the the Matt Gartska episode is that they played a show and he realized what this dude sounded like without a click track and without the uh, fucking you know 
without having all of his well, shit over processed. What was the dude? He was singing or playing He's guitar? He's playing what guitar. Uh, the singer okay. on the first album is actually, uh, I think it was the guy, I can't think of his name right now. It's like Mike something, I think. But he had done an album with Intervals and a couple other of like, before Intervals became instrumental um, and a bunch I of other stuff like, like that. Un- spotify or like even i don't know i don't like, think is, that it's scrub the internet of this guy yeah pretty so pretty much actually because the dude uh ended up having like a lot of money that he owed people because he wasn't paying anyone for the work they had done because he wasn't actually like he was pocketing all this money and he was like i said being super shady um and so they it, it was you know fucking heart machine was canceled and he roped alex rudinger hmm. into it for a little bit and they also once craig reynolds and i think it was one of the other guys who had helped him record it were like oh this is clearly like sketchy and you're clearly not a good musician um hmm. he completely like essentially tried to make it so that no one knew craig was ever the drummer so that he couldn't talk shit about him and he made it and then like alex rudinger joined and he tricked alex rudinger and now he's got uh they've come back and it's the same shit apparently over again but now he's got fucking travis orban doing session drums for him really yeah and it's like and everyone as soon as it happened travis aware (laughs) well that's the thing is as soon as it happened all over twitter and stuff and in sort of music communities people were like uh travis do you know that this dude is like a scammer and can't fucking play music um but anyways, the, the the whole controversy comes from the fact that this guy was marketing himself not only to other musicians, but to the entire internet. Like, this is the music I'm producing. I'm fucking sick. It's awesome. And uh, and it was all fake. And he could not do it. And that is a similar thing with Rings of Saturn. Um, well, and also I'll just wrap up the Heart Machine well, thing. Oh, oh, hold, hold on. So maybe I misunderstood this the whole time. It's the Harp Machine. It's H A A R P. Okay, so I was typing the heart oh, machine, oh. as in no. the you know organ heart, and okay, now I can start finding yes. stuff. Okay, so now <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, <laughs> does this thing even exist? So he's... okay, so for our listeners, it's H A A R P. Yes, and I guess actually they still have the first album up on Spotify, and I can't even okay. believe okay. that. Um, but yeah, so, okay, so Disc- Disclosure is the name of that album, and that's the one where the okay. drums are recorded by Craig Reynolds, but you won't find credits for him anywhere because this dude, like, fucking canceled that shit and didn't want anybody to know that he was in the band because he was trying to expose him for being a fraud. Um, and like I said, now they're back and they released, like, a new single that's uh, the the only new song they've released even... And he, like... That, since they've come back he like started a gofundme for the album and then like i don't know there was some weird uh misappropriation of funds from that and this dude is very clearly like insane uh and hmm. it's a very weird situation but it's it is all based from or it's all spawned from him just being a fraud and selling himself as one thing that he very clearly wasn't um and that had that and that happens i think a lot in this genre is uh, musicians are able to look so good on youtube or on social media and um they get so inflated for no reason i mean i'm looking at this album right now i mean like their most popular song has 421,000 plays and millions of views you know probably on guitar playthroughs on youtube or something but like none of it is real (laughs) like this dude is not playing it uh or can't play it and uh you know i think that that's bullshit and like i said i think uh or and like i said um the rings of saturn is a similar situation where 
the guitarist that started Rings of Saturn is a guy named Lucas Mann, and he sort of very famously, they've never been able to keep any members in Rings of Saturn because what always happens is apparently he will write these albums like on the computer and then sure. whatever other... I mean, they sound like that. I mean, well, they, they, exactly. I don't think there's any disputing. <laughs> well, but then what'll happen is these other uh, musicians will come in and uh, they'll end up having to do all of the legwork of actually like trying to record it for real because he's not able to really do that. But he'll post videos of himself playing along these songs but not with the actual audio of what he's playing. So mm. uh, there was all there. Like I said, he's gone through so many band members and um, uh, you know, I think this sounds like I'm sort of like spilling the tea on all these people uh, specifically, but these, like I said, this is what I'm talking about is um, he also famously, they haven't been able to play uh, like whole albums from their discography live because they don't have me. He can't play it anymore and, or never could. And now, uh, they can't keep anyone in the band. He 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 like can't even teach them these songs anymore because they weren't even, they either weren't written by him or he just can't do it. Um, so hmm. they're another band where they are not quite as uh, widely hated because he's never screwed anyone over in terms of like money, as far as I know. But he very much has been a musician that everyone's been like, this dude can't actually play, and he'll like try to post videos on YouTube every now and again of like, oh, here's me actually playing and. Sometimes he's really good, and sometimes you're just like, I can tell that you are phony, like that you're fibbing, and this isn't this isn't real. I guess I I guess I didn't even know it. I mean, because Rings of Saturn was always, I I guess I'm on board with what you're saying because these bands like this are like, listen to Rings of Saturn. Clearly, it's programmed. Like there's yes. no there's no if ands or buts about it. I know I've seen that whatever drummer they had for five minutes like do lot or do a video of him playing mm-hmm. stuff but even then it just it, it's not real music it's just this is a gimmick to go see or he listen to and be like oh listen how crazy like so me i never took it seriously so if there's people out there taking this shit seriously why yeah. <laughs> stop it get some help <laughs> yeah stop it get some help like this is not real music this is just a gimmick just like with most extreme metal bands it's like we're just doing this to show you how crazy and stuff we can be and with with technology obviously we've gotten to that point so uh, you know at least in, uh, if there's people out here who I guess I have no frame of reference if they think that's real music that yeah that I would agree that is a problem but most musicians are like oh it's just a fun thing to you know yeah listen how crazy the sound this sounds like a fucking alien being born you know like even the <laughs> we talked about the band uh, the old sleeper guy and Zach Ordway and all that stuff. oh yeah Kiltrox yeah all that was basically programmed yeah. I mean it's, it's it's in the same vein but I th- it sounded yeah better. and I think that you know like I said it's 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 a fine line because I think that yes, there is a place for that to be uh, sort of like appreciated by musicians and to be these sort of joking bands. But I think that whenever, you know, like the fact that these people have more plays and more, you know, like YouTube hits than a band that is actually like a um, producing a similar level of music, even but like with with more talent or more uh, more thought going into the writing process and stuff. But then to think, you know, it's it's like these are almost like meme bands that all of a sudden are taken seriously, uh, yeah. and and I think that, like I said, for for a younger generation coming into it without maybe being able to discern or like know any better, um, they're just going to be like, oh my god, this has like a million views, like this dude probably fucking rips, and you know what what picture does that paint? And I guess it's it's sort of uh, all of this stems from like my apprehension about social media in general, as much as I know that it's it's the way of life and you know it's there's good there's good parts and bad parts but as a musician and i know as a drummer for me um you know it's it is sort of discouraging just to be like every motherfucker is posting 
you know, they're trying to be some YouTube musician and that can mean compromising their like their uh their integrity as an artist, I think, in a lot of cases to sort of like play to what the people want or like if it needs to be like edited a little bit you know do that so that it sounds the best on youtube and a good example of this actually bringing it sort of full circle and i'll pass this off to you in a second is that uh craig reynolds as we keep talking about he comes up all the time in my life uh but he (laughs) just put or a week ago uh vic firth had posted a video of him from the uk drum show and it was his first ever clinic that he'd done and uh like it's it's like a semi sloppy playthrough at times it's like not definitely not his tightest work but um a couple people had commented on it were like oh my god this guy fucking sucks like he's like he's fucking dragging you know blah 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 and he he posted about it on instagram as well but he responded to him it was just like you know i refuse to edit any of my videos of me playing live because um, you know, like I'm not trying to make it seem like every time I get on stage, I'm like this superhuman because I'm not, he's like, no, I, this was after an hour of playing. I was playing for a room full of drummers and I was nervous. It was my first ever clinic. And like Vic Firth asked me or asked me if I wanted them to post this. And I said, yes, because I think that it's good for people to see that not everyone, every single time they go out and play on stage is going to be a superhuman. And if, if people on, you know, and like I said, somebody on YouTube, uh, just, you know, they see that video and they're like, oh my God, this guy kind of sucks. And the view counts are way, way low because they're not giving him the credit he deserves because they think like, oh, this dude sucks because this is the actual audio of him playing. Uh, I just, I, I'm always, I'm very adamant about people getting like the full picture before they make an opinion about anything. And I feel like YouTube a lot of times does not give people that full picture and it allows allows so many voices to sort of uh jump to conclusions about the quality of a certain musician and that that's i think where my anger or at least my my displeasure comes with all of what i'm talking about well to me i mean i agree if that's what you know somebody new is coming in to be a musician or whatever and seeing that stuff and hopefully they have the mindset to try and be like oh wow that's clearly impossible and you know persevere instead of quitting you know because in this day and age of course that's fake i mean i i guess i'm pre-youtube generation so i know when i see stuff like that i'm like oh yeah this is clearly edited yeah, like you know but exactly. that doesn't I, in my head i'm like okay i get that you know i'm not it doesn't you know, no harm no foul you know because i know playing in bands and recording and everything else like you know it's it's not perfect yeah you know i've played great shows i've played horrible shows you know it's same a, nobody's a machine so it's yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way. Is the point? So, yeah. Well, uh, that was so that was that that's my soapbox because uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't stand to talk about anything to do with with YouTube without bringing up that that is I think an, an issue with it. But sort of I think switching because I don't want it to be all like negative things. I think that YouTube is also fucking great for a lot of different things. Um, and I think a prime example is like what me and you had talked about with some of our favorite music, uh, music channels. Um, and I, I mean, you feel free to sort of take off. I mean, you can talk about some of the ones that you frequent because I think you have even more than I do. Um, yes, I do. Um, so I use YouTube differently than that. I'm not saying <laughs> you do, but I'm just saying that. Um, so for, I think YouTube is fantastic as a musician, as a producer, as somebody who records, engineers, all that's like, that's what it's always from a music perspective, that's what's been fantastic for me because it's just, here's your open door to all kinds of stuff. And being a, I, 
I would like to think I'm a smart human. I can, <laughs> I know what's shit and what's good as far as you know. Hey, I'm instructional video, and okay, that's clearly wrong. I'm I'm moving on. You know, so there's there's way more bad content than good content, but there's a lot of good content as far as um, anybody who wants to be a musician yeah. or follow things like that. So, I mean, I'm all across the board. Um, you know, I'm as of lately. Um, you know, I look at I look at guitar pedal companies because. Well, I'll just go into it. It'll <laughs> be easier. So uh, I went to Earthquaker Day a few weekends ago, a couple weekends ago. Uh, their Earthquaker Devices is a company in Akron, Ohio. Um, they make fantastic guitar pedals if you're a guitarist or even interested in that. They make some of the coolest, unique pedals um, out there. And it's I did a tour of the factory. You know, they do a day every year where you know come see us, come get discounted pedals. They released a new amazing pedal called the Plumes. If you're a guitarist, it's like a tube screamer. It's really awesome. Uh, me and Matt both went to it. But um, they do really cool YouTube videos. They just put out a new one. They do one called Show Us Your Junk. And they go to producers' uh, studios and like just show us all your weird shit and how you do stuff. And they're little, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30-minute videos. Um, I just watched one where they did one f- for Ross Robinson, you know, mm. the guy who did Slipknot and Corn yeah. and all the new metal stuff that we yeah. like. Um, and it's just – it's. It, it's really cool stuff like that. So there's another pedal company called JHS, uh, similar vein. They do mostly copies of existing pedals and they do some cool, unique stuff, but, uh, boutique stuff too. Um, and actually me and Matt are going to a pedal making class at our favorite place, Sweetwater, um, this weekend to learn how to build these pedals and, uh, you know, tweak our own stuff. So like, I love stuff like that where like I can get hands on like earlier this year, I got really into, all right, I have all these guitars. I have so many guitars and, uh, my house and he, he's not know, kidding there's set. so fucking many <laughs> i think between my office and my house i have probably 16 to 18 guitars now in my possession Jesus Christ. different types and variety uh my wife would tell me i don't need any of them but just like any uh true hobby um i need all of them <laughs> <laughs> they all do something different damn it so every pickup and you know uh neck and style and so anyway um tunings but the point is uh you know, YouTube has helped me do something like that to where, okay, I, I want to start setting up my own guitars. So let me look into some stuff about how can I do this at home without taking it to somebody and spend 50, spending 50 bucks on that, which is fine. But like, it's, I should learn how to do my own shit. And I've always been into that. I'm always intrigued by, you know, okay, what's, what's something more I can learn about this? So like now I'm learning about pedals and how they work and, you know, the circuitry of them and the boards and all that kind of stuff. It's like just little shit, just enough to be dangerous. I don't want it to be my thing, but like I know enough about what I use and it helps me stay connected to what I'm doing as a musician, especially with drums, like learning how to tune them the right way. Um, I cheat and use a product called TuneBot, but like I understand the frequencies and stuff like that by using that device. Um, you know, how my drumsticks are made, you know, how heads are made, you know, like just all that stuff that's out there now that I can go see, okay, what is, what is this and how do they do it? And most of these companies put something out there on their YouTube channel of here's us. And obviously they're very salesy, but at least it like explains, like I love watching how drumsticks are made Mm -hmm. and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, that's, what's really great to me. Um, but even on the other side of that, um, I told you about this guy, Rick Beato, and I haven't researched him enough, so I don't, I can't tell what his credentials are. Obviously he's really well known, but he goes into so much theory and really cool shit about music mm-hmm. and just what makes music great. And he does a really cool YouTube series that I told you about last week, um, called what makes this song great. And he's been doing it for a little over two years, he's up to 60 something episodes, but I don't know how he gets this. I don't know who he knows. Like I said, I don't know his credentials well enough right now. Um, but he gets the stems from songs, breaks them down, not really teaching you 
not really talking about why the band's great. It's why this song's great. That's why I really like it. Cause it's, it could be a band that wrote, you know, a thousand shitty songs, but wrote that one good song and he breaks it down into each individual part. And I told you that his very first episode was Blink-182, uh, all the small things. And he's playing this part. He's breaking down the chorus and plays this. Synth. There's a synth part in the background that I had no idea. I never heard before. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't realize that's what it was. You know, it just kind of was always there. So it's just, it's so cool to see, because I love recording. I love all the stuff that's behind the scenes. I think listening to music and headphones is a must for somebody who really wants to appreciate music because there's so much in there you're not hearing. Yes. I mean, listen to your favorite. My advice to anyone is listen to your favorite records on every set of headphones, speakers you can find because you'll you'll hear something different every time and get a good set of those. Um, and it's just, it's so amazing what goes into a song, especially he breaks down, he does break down a Slipknot song and just all the, you know, they have nine members and you don't hear it all in the mix, but when they're all together, you do hear it in the mix. You just didn't realize that's what yeah. it was. And so it, it all blends together and is, so anybody who produces those records, like more power to them that they can get all those instruments in the same track. But I mean, he goes through Metallica, he goes through Pantera. Um, he goes through two, two tool songs off lateralis and it's just, it's incredible. Um, he does the police steely Dan. I mean, he goes all across the board and this dude is just so fun to watch. Cause he's so excited. He's very easy to take instruct or like, you know, listen to these lessons from like, he doesn't, he's not a dick. Um, he's not thinking he's better than you, but he goes through um, theory and chords and scales and he's just got so much content. And he actually put out a book that I told you about um, that I actually bought. It's a PDF. It's a 400 page uh, PDF. Um, it's like 50 bucks and it's always on sale. And I've now the name escapes me of what the hell it's called. Um, let me look it up because I really think people, if you're into music or theory or anything else, I think it's, 100% worth the purchase. Yeah, I mean, you uh, showed me a little a little bit of it and it was I immediately was like, "Oh my god, I want to buy that." And and honestly, a lot of it is probably even a little like over my head because it seems like some of it could be is, is pretty like pretty dense shit, but not in a bad way at all. No, it's it's uh, I'm stupid. It's called the Beato book, but <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> pretty easy. Um, but let me just kind of look at some of the uh table of contents here because if you're a musician, I mean, it's just it seems like a must-have just to understand music and theory and everything else. I mean, it's, it's such a, this is going to take me a long time to get through, but it's, I'm excited to get through yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, what a reference to um, have. Yeah. And it's the Beato book, a creative approach to improvisation for guitar and other instruments. And that's exactly what it is. And, um, well, let me scroll through this 461 pages, but the first chapter is theory and harmony. He's going through, uh, naming intervals, chords and their formulas, the scales, um triads chapter two is chord forms and then scales and arpeggios uh linear studies i mean it just he breaks all the stuff down in a way that's easy to digest and understand and his youtube videos are so good so just to me like that's what youtube is like it's for me it's like i can go and just get more knowledge about something um in a quick and easy way bite-sized way you know i don't have to go to a class and go to school and i mean obviously i can you know go to college, uh, Berkeley college of music and get a great education, but I'm not going to spend, you know, a uh, quarter of a million dollars to do that. So this is enough to satisfy my needs to be like, Oh, I learned something new yeah. in bite-sized chunks and can apply it immediately, you know, to something I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so that one's really cool. I'll say all the other ones, like the gear God stuff and rig rundowns. Like I just love shit like that. Seeing bands and how they do stuff. Um, reverb has really good content. And obviously we've talked about audio tree, mm -hmm. Um, Auto Tree, just the way they present bands, like to me, they're they're showing what makes live music 
so good. Yeah. And that's what we need more of, not this, you know, because it's not, I mean, I've, I've listened to some or watched and listened to so many audio trees and hear bands fuck up or bands I thought were good, maybe sound a little less than yeah. good, but it's, it's, that's good to have. Exactly. It's, mean, it's accurate. You it's, know? it's accurate and it's, but it's so well mixed. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who works there at Audio Tree, but that is the best team ever. Um, and I do want to reference, unless we're going to get into it, but you know, I I mentioned to you to watch the As Cities Burn Audio Tree because I, a couple times on this podcast, I talked about how I was not impressed with their latest iteration and their live show. But I don't know if it's the quality I saw or bad shows or whatever. But that Audio Tree. It was like, uh, so. I mean, they sound good. <laughs> and we we don't necessarily have to, I guess, go too far into it. But I I did watch it, and uh, I here's what I'll say: Yes, they sounded fucking incredible, and it sounded like dead on the money. But the only caveat I have with all of that is that because of the way, which I know this is how they do their live shows too, or at least I, I think this is how they're doing them right now, is you know they split it up. The first half was them as a three piece. And the second half oh, was sure, with yeah. the was with the singer, and I mean, it sounded great doing all the new stuff, and it made me it made me like some of the new stuff even a little more. Um, oh yeah. But all that being said, as soon as I heard how good it fucking sounded live, especially the first half of that set, I was like, I am so in love with those specific two S Cities Burn albums that like. I oh, mean, yeah. th- like I said, I, I, I don't want to take anything away from um, from the, the, the unclean vocalist, uh, TJ. I think that he's great and he sounded so good on there. And, yeah. I, and he, you know, I just feel bad for him half the time. I know. And, and like, he was so he was yeah. so humble and honest in that video because, you know, yeah. he even said, you know, like, I love those albums, too. You know, they're great. But it yeah. does make me sort of feel uh, like, Jesus Christ, those other two albums are just absolute monoliths of good music. I'm more impressed with that video because of how well the three piece sound. So I don't know great. if I, like I said, if I heard something bad or if I was stupid that day or whatever it was, but, and they're coming back uh, to Columbus on basically the same tour <laughs> that are doing like a second run of it um, at a different venue. So I'm going to have to go because his guitar, I've always loved him as a guitar mm-hmm. player. I love the way his gear sounds. He's actually coming out with a rig rundown um, soon, but I love the, the pedals he uses, how he uses it, but I was more impressed with the bass player and how, I was always worried about the second guitar live. Not that they have a lot of second guitar, but like how well he filled it out. He played so many rhythm and lead riffs on the bass. And even as a backup vocalist, he was good. So whoever that bass player is like yeah. clap, clap, yeah, clap, because real. It, it sounded good. Aaron sounded good on the mm-hmm. drums. Like I know he's had so many issues live and anxieties and, but he, I mean, it was just, I was blown away. That's why I texted you immediately. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm okay. admitting I'm wrong. Cause this is so good. Oh yeah. Like hundred percent. I'm stoked for them. And I hope that they take that energy and as they obviously hit the road more, like they're going to get better and better and better. But, um, those are some fucking good musicians, dude. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's everything. Like I would love to be in that band yeah. because I love the way he writes. I love the vocals. I love the drum. Like it's just, it's, that's the style of music. And I've wrote an album for an, uh, one of my bands while listening to come now sleep and tried to emulate as much as I could from it in a respectful way, not a duplication yeah. way, but like that, that vibe, um, so I'm here for it. And so I'm happily, or I'm glad I was proven yeah. wrong. I guess and see, and this is, so. I mean, that's a great example of how something like audio tree can really like, that's a great example of a good, good representation on YouTube because, you know, that's a band that we previously had, uh, these sort of preconceived notions about what they sounded like live. Yeah. And for, I mean, maybe we were right, maybe we were wrong, but regardless to be able to see them in from a source that we know is going to be um it, that's you know accurately representing what they're doing it's not going to be any sort of trickery or anything that's just fucking raw 
music and audio tree is the best I, at that yeah i mean the only trickery is that it's just it's mixed very well, well I mean, but i mean but i like that, that though to me that's, that's that happened they go club to club they're never gonna sound the same yeah. blah 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 i think it's just they, they're not they can't fool us in how tight they sound oh yeah exactly like, they can't they can't fake yeah. that they could they could put they could put a you know an iPhone in the middle of the room and record it and it would still sound good because you could hear how tight the band is they just make it sound so yeah good. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, I mean the mix is just uh, uh, unreasonably it's good. incredible um, what was the other thing I was gonna say oh so, so the other great thing about YouTube you know I've mentioned in, I think the one with Matt you know I recently switched from Logic Pro to Cubase and the Cubase channel has so much educational stuff on there about how to do this that and the other thing and anytime I have a question about because you know my logic knowledge is just always ingrained in me like oh how do I do that in Cubase like I'm going to YouTube type that thing and it's nine times out of ten it's from the Steinberg Cubase channel yeah. like oh here's how you do the thing and I'm like it's like that it's there it's visual like it is such a great platform it. for that I uh, follow a, a lot of uh, guys who do synth stuff like there's a guy if, if you're into any of that stuff uh red means recording is a great channel he'll just take it's a you know overhead shot like him at a table with some kind of synth gear and just creating music with it and just seeing it organically mm. like from start to finish here's me recreating some really cool stuff um and showing you how he does it and talking about it and just and then diving in it's some really cool um you know uh how those instruments are made and why they're why they are the way they are so I love stuff like that, so I'll go down a rabbit hole. So that's how I use YouTube is more for the educational thing more than anything. Dromeo, I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Dromeo's a fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dromeo is the shit. I, every time. Uh, so it, I'm, Yeah. So I, that's that's how I'm using YouTube is more for the I love this thing. I wanted to find out everything I can about it, um, and I can just – it's at my fingertips. So it's almost overwhelming, obviously, but, like, I've curated my stuff to the way I want it, and I'm always finding new stuff. Um. The other side of that coin, which we kind of mentioned, is kind of the <laughs> the people like Jared Dines yeah. or Jared Al- Jared, Jared Alonji, or I don't know if we've ever talked about Rob Scallion too. Oh yeah, another one. yeah, or K back. Um, yeah, I mean, so these are all you know dudes are in our age range that are making these their own music while also making parody stuff while also doing really cool crazy stuff. Like you know, I love I love Rob Scallion stuff because he's always like, let me like I love the one where he took. Like four or five guys and did natural delay yes. on a song. Like so, I don't know if you ever saw that one, but like they're on like four or five acoustics and just like playing everything, you know, a millisecond apart to make natural delay. Yeah. And like, and then on his other channel, he'll show you how he did that. Yeah. Like so, it's just it's it's like he's that is that is the content I hear. <laughs> um, it is so cool. I mean, he's obviously done some really crazy parody stuff where he plays like Slayer on a ukulele, but you know, <laughs> like those those are fun. Um. And we both know we love Jared Alonji, and we talked about it. He's made uh, Boketto now, so he's kind of out of that. But there's so many good, mean yeah. stuff that came out of that. I do want to highlight that I think Jared Dines is a. F- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was. I, I, Let me hold my tongue. <laughs> I was wondering what I'm not uh, a huge, you were going to say about that. I do not like Jared Dines, at least his persona. Like it's, it, dude seems like just a chump. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. I mean, he, I. I I'm happy that he's as success, successful as he is. He has millions of followers. He's obviously doing stuff. He's he moves houses every year. He doesn't. He always does a house yeah. update. He explains why he rent he rents, but he has his crazy house with his friends. I mean, dude's living a dream. I can't yeah, fault him for that. Totally. I think the bands he's been in are god awful. No, they are not um, good. No good. Except for I think what is it, Daddy Rock? That makes me laugh because <laughs> that's true. I forgot that was him. They, honestly, they finally leaned into the dumb music they were playing trying to be serious and just made it like a band that just like, here's these crazy riffs and, and, you know, just rock stuff and made it, made it funner to listen to. So I, 
I'm glad he finally leaned into that. I do not like him as a drummer. I think he's a yeah, I don't really yeah, bad I don't drummer. Know. Like that's, I don't know why everybody. Yeah, I mean he could play drums. I'll give him that. But I did like whatever band he was in before. I do not remember now. I can't um, ever remember any of the title. I mean, there's been so many. I feel like because uh, Fluff, the guy who's so he has another great YouTube channel. He he does all kinds of uh, what is it beards and something. He's a famous. Uh, 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 producer recorder guy uh, like a, a at home guy um everybody calls him fluff i can't remember his channel though but anyway um he was in that band with jared dines maybe still is but i know jared's moved around so jared's a fantastic guitar player from a metal perspective mm-hmm. um a little generic for me but i mean he knows what he's doing so i'm, I'm happy for his success because wow did he come from nothing to yeah. this but like he comes off as such a douche so i can't yeah, i know and that's that's the thing it, it's hard it's hard to support him too much but you know hey he's doing it rob scowing is complete offset other than rob never takes off that damn hat but <laughs> um he's at least more educational and down to earth about it i mean the dude has his own uh custom guitars now and everything else so he just seems more humble yeah uh um, i mean and i i think that uh jared alonji i also i gravitate more towards him because i think that he's i love him he's so funny dude like i feel like i would hang but he's out never doing it. yeah he's more of like the comedian side of it and like you know jared dines tries to do music and comedy at the same time and i'm just like just yeah stop yeah like, pick a lane who's a lane like rob scout yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob Scowing's doing like music, some parody. You know, Jared Alonji is like all parody, all comedian, yeah. just with a music edge sometimes. I mean, his Warped Tour reporting was always my oh favorite my God, thing when he's so do that. funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And Jared Dine sits in the middle where he tries to do everything. And I'm not saying he's bad at it, but it just it doesn't come across yeah, that's... to me. There's an audience for that. Clearly, with how many YouTube subscribers he has, there is an audience for that. So good for him. But I'm too old for that, I guess is the yeah. point. So, But I think that, um, but you know, like. Uh, I think that even still, uh, I mean, he he's, I'm not mad that he's someone who's famous on YouTube, uh, because like you said, I mean, I think that he is like a talented guitarist and, um, you know, I mean, I think that there's, there's probably a whole generation of younger folks that, uh, like Jared died. He's probably great musicians out of his yeah, stuff. I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's great. I mean, it's gen- probably gonna be generic metalcore, but you know, hey, whatever. I mean, if I, you gotta go somewhere. Yeah, I will allow it. Um, but I think that, you know, but that's. I think that's a great point, though, that obviously there's, you know, there's so many different sides to the to the YouTube music scene. And, um, you know, you, you do sort of have to I mean, it is all about filtering through. And like you said, you've curated your YouTube. So, like, you don't have to see any of the shit. Um, but I, I, I may maybe I'm just like a masochist, but or maybe it's just because I like I don't know what's wrong with me. But I, I will, you know, <laughs> I like to be able to to not only see the the shit that I want to see, but, um, you know, like I'm curious to see the other side of YouTube that does sort of like upset me. And, um, <laughs> like I said, maybe, maybe it's a yeah. masochist thing, but, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very exciting thing to think about, um, how much music is able to, um, grow. I think like at an exponential rate now with the advent of having, youtube be as big as it is because you know to be able to like you said go on there and be like oh my god i i don't know how to do this in cubase and whereas before like to think about how much harder and less uh less concise it would have been for you to find out even one tiny thing in something like cubase or especially in some of the more technical shit that that you do specifically um to know that that's just a couple clicks away on youtube for not just you, but for, oh, yeah. for any musician. I mean, that, that advances all of us so much quicker than we would have ever before. And I think that, you know, in that regard, it's, it's fucking amazing that we're here now as a society. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the, 
so I, my only con with YouTube, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, is because it's diminished the live show for bands yes. because we talk about it all the time. I've never seen that band, but I've seen live video. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that enough. I mean, that's not helping bands going on tour and that stuff. It's helping more of the creation of music and hearing music, mm-hmm. I guess. But like seeing it live, like it's definitely put a huge hit on that. Yeah. So I've, I'm just as guilty because, you know, I've, I've done it all the time you know buy tickets to something the day of uh, life gets in the way you yeah. don't go so if anything i supported that band by still buying that's tickets, true. but i didn't go that's to true show. that's at least one <laughs> step farther than i think a lot of people uh would go yeah so I, I don't feel as guilty but like you know i would love to i do go to a lot of live shows but i would always love to go to more um you know i'm still active enough to go see the bands i really enjoy so um, but YouTube definitely hurts because it's like, oh, I can just pull up that thing. It's helping and hurting at the yeah. same time because sometimes I'm seeing something and I'm like, oh, I need to go see that band because of how awesome it was. But it's also like, okay, I saw that band. I don't need to see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, yeah, there, there is, story. yeah, there is two sides to it, I think. But, um, I agree that it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, you know, let me, let me see what this band is going to sound like so that I'm not you know, completely, you know, throwing away my money or something. And, and that's not always necessarily the right approach to have, but you know, yeah. You, once again, the the moral of it is you got to take the good with the bad. Um, and I one YouTube channel that I uh, want to throw out there as well for anyone who is into the very like a lot more of the theory and more of the very like in depth technical side of things. Uh, and I told you about this last week as well. Griffin is a guy named uh, Adam Neely, and the last name is like N E E L Y. Um, he is primarily a bassist. And to be honest, I don't really know specifically what his uh, musical education background was, but I would have to assume that this dude went to some sort of music college or something because he is like, I mean, it's, it's probably the most in-depth YouTube channel I've ever seen for uh, for music theory and composition and just like exploring uh, some of the very intricate parts of music that the average person would have no interest or no uh, idea even existed. And for example, um, I watched a video today because I was for this podcast. I was like, oh, let me, I'm just going to go back through and see, look at some of his older stuff. And he ha- had a whole video about the uh, the idea of uh, polytonality, which is essentially just playing, uh, it's it's two parts of, of a composition that are playing in different keys and how in most cases that's very, very jarring and our brain like can't comprehend it, but in some cases it can work. And he actually, he started off talking about how someone had shifted the the key of Chester Bennington's vocals in a Linkin Park song and how uh, it sounded really bad altogether. But if you could get your brain to focus on just one, either the vocals or just the music, all of a sudden it would start to blend a little better. And then he, he furthermore yeah. talks actually that Deftones probably not even on purpose do a lot of uh a lot of their songs have like polytonality to them because of the way that like chino sings and stuff but anyways his channel yeah that makes yeah sense, his yeah. channel as yeah. a whole is 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 all sorts of things like that he just released a video today called uh demystifying songwriting and it's it's very very cool um it is absolutely worth checking out if this- you want to be a, a deep deep music nerd yeah this is very similar to rick Beato. Mm-hmm. um a different side of the same coin, I should say, but yeah, it's, it's that level. They they do deep dives into stuff. I mean, I, the Rick Beato page, perfect pitch versus relative pitch, double harmonic majors. You know, he's he's going into deep stuff, but also go into guitar stuff too. Yeah. So, and uh, one right here, how to write like John Williams. Yeah. Like, what? 
Oh, sure. I mean, who doesn't need to know that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just like I love that, you know, they're as much as I like when there's so many channels out there that are like, as we talked about, dedicated to a certain genre. Like, I love that they're like music because I feel this way. Music is everything. It's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's all things. It's not just this. It's not this band. It's, you know, it's film score. It's it, it, it's ever reaching. Music is all around us. And for I mean, Rick Beato's channel is called Everything Music, and it sounds like this Adam Neely guy is very close to like, you know, what makes music yeah. music is like what I exactly. want to know because it's something I've mentioned on here. Like, I always want to know what somebody else hears, like, you know, what makes this what it is? Why does this sound so good to the ear? You know, why do these keys go together? It's just like, how does that exist in this world? And how does somebody be able to take that knowledge and, you know, m- you know, make a, and a course about yeah. it or something like I mean, that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so fascinating. It's like to be a, <laughs> wonders of the yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's one of the most, I think, like, I think music, I mean, shit, obviously we feel very strongly about it because we're doing this podcast, but you know, it's, it's music is, no, is one it. of those things that I feel like of, of all the, the major, uh, like art form or like major mediums, um, you know, to think about how music can be so, how, how it can affect such a wide audience, um, and, and appear one way when underneath the surface, it is actually the most intricate thing in the world. And I mean, pop music is a great example where, you know, like it is, like specifically designed to be stuck in your head or to, you know, to do all these things that you will never, you know, not 9.5 out of 10 people will never realize these things are happening or care that they're happening. And that's fine. And it Mm -hmm. can still be just as effective. And I think that that's such a like wonderful thing that that can exist and that so many people are just universally affected by something that's fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why we're yeah. here today. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it, uh, it is why we're talking into these microphones now. Um, and and honestly, I frankly, I think that's probably a pretty good place to leave it. I mean, we're at like almost an hour and a half, and I think that um, I'm not close to done. Well, I don't think that there's ever, I don't think there's ever an end point for this. But I think that also, I mean, no, I'm YouTube sure, is something. I'm sure we can read. Yeah, exactly. This. I was going to say, yeah. you know, YouTube is something that's ever evolving, ever changing, and there's always going to be new channels, new creators, um, and for better or for worse, they're going to come out and uh, it's always going to be relevant to us. So I do think we will come back to this, but it's just, I mean, for, for, for anyone who is not using YouTube in the best way possible for music and for learning more about being a musician or just about like listening to music, even, you know, like take the time to, that's the, that's the one thing I don't use YouTube for. I don't listen. I think it's already said it, but I don't listen to it to listen to music I, and i don't either don't but i but i music, also sorry. know an insane amount of people that do <laughs> i i and, oh yeah i mean do you you they have a youtube music app and everything like so it's it's not a bad option i mean my bands are on there too i get it but like that's not what i use it yeah for. Ex- exactly i, I mean and, yeah you i mean i watch music videos on it but like i'm not using it to oh let me go play that album that somebody made a playlist out of like no i guess yeah, not. Exactly. get out of here with that you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, i i tend to agree um but I think that, you know, the make, make YouTube work for you is what I'm telling you. If you are a musician or anyone yeah. that loves music, no matter what you're using the platform for, like make it, it's worth your time to, to be able to weed out the bad and, and not get yourself sucked into oh, like yeah. a bunch of clickbait holes on YouTube and, and find the real shit because you will be, uh, I think, thrilled with what it has to offer. Yeah. Whatever the algorithm is. I mean, it's, it's taken years to get to this point, yes. but I mean, it's, bro, it's a, like shape it's, it's and marble. Good. I mean, if you if you actually, 
if you yeah if you actually use it and subscribe to stuff i mean i don't usually like a whole bunch of stuff on youtube i don't have time for that but or leave comments like that's not my thing but i do subscribe to stuff and it does pay attention to what you watch to recommend more stuff on your homepage. you know i know a lot of people who are not even signed into youtube I mean, yeah seriously you know, it's a sign, so many sign, guests sign into it and use your google account and it'll keep track of that across all your devices so it's great for me yeah. to pull up youtube and i'll watch a video and it'll recommend this one and i'm like oh i really do want to yeah. see that one <laughs> like totally so just like with spotify it's it's great for mm-hmm. that stuff well, uh, that, I think that's it. I think we can shut the, shut the door on YouTube for now. Uh, and Sweet. then now we can sort of look forward to the, the coming weeks and all the releases that we talked about. Um, so uh, for, for everyone listening, as I said before, we're, we're looking forward to some tool talk. Uh, and that's actually just going to be us talking about the show Home Improvement starring Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're also going to talk about uh, Slipknot, obviously, and um, the one I'm really excited for this month is Knocked Loose. So we've got some really mm-hmm. good stuff in the coming weeks that I think we're going to be able to talk about at uh, a nauseating length. So just prepare your mm-hmm. ears for that. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, this is um, the highlight of our week to be able yes. to come on here and speak to all of you folks and uh the instagram is growing slowly but surely i'm always yep. trying to uh connect with as many people as possible um i'm i'm luckily being able to find a lot of bands on there um that i'm able to follow you know and sort of hopefully help them uh you know get some sort of cross promotion and i like to shout people out on the story so um you know if you're someone that's listening and even if it's a local band that you want to send our way that's just getting started uh, like like we did with our our friend brian i mean we are we are more than happy to sort of give that a listen and um you know help help get the word out about anybody i think that's sort of uh friends helping friends in this community yeah, we'll use the platform yes, for good. As as, yes, that is our goal. <laughs> Mostly bad, but some good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just keep letting us know what you want to hear. I mean, we've we've slowly been able to talk about some gear stuff as well. I know that a couple people had messaged me about that. So always send us what you want to hear, and we are happy to oblige. And then, uh, as yeah. I said, I'm going to be setting up a Spotify playlist, and I will keep everyone posted on that. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at audiophiles pod and that's all one word all lowercase and uh Mm -hmm. that is where instagram is going to be the prime source of communication so um stay there for all of the most major stuff uh but we are on pretty much everything else at this point and i'll set up the facebook yeah yeah, hey one day it's all (laughs) i'll get there and and i'll write a theme song eventually it's all part it's it's yeah seriously talk to us uh episode 20 and things might be a little different yeah that's the poll we need to put up what what genre do we want the theme yeah because we that's 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 actually because i'll write it that's true i'm gonna i will post that on the story when this episode goes live i will ask instagram for what genre they want the uh the intro song to be and that could be really good or really bad so let's yes and as we as we go through this we can change it you know after so many episodes i swear to god if if some we're gonna call them seasons or whatever some motherfucker (laughs) comes in with some like polka metal shit i'm out fucking oh i don't know (laughs) you're like looking around there's no accordion i don't have an accordion (laughs) i don't have an accordion but i can do probably most other genres i mean Uh, i know the ones i'm good at so if you stick to that i can i can write something yeah yeah so we'll we'll put that poll up and we'll let the people i'm just lazy i can do it i'm just lazy so uh if you give me some motivation yeah exactly that's what we just need the the people telling us what we want and that's motivation um you can also find me on my personal uh, account i am at quinn kh and that is a great way to contact me 
uh, for stuff about the audio files. I, I'm not picky. Uh, I've had I've had a couple of people reach out to me just through the personal account as well, and that does not bother me. Um, and Griffin, uh, as always, what are your personal accounts? Uh, at Griffin Holt, G R I F F E N H. That's it. That's the one. But nobody reaches out <laughs> to me. <laughs> I. Uh, I am just forcing my my presence among all the people, whether they like it or not. I will fucking mm-hmm. be spreading the DMs. Well, you're the only one that has access to the DMs for that account. That is, so you're just talking. To that Quinn is also people. true. Uh, but I pass the information. <laughs> he won't yeah. give me the password. It's a secret, and it will offend him if I tell it's him. It's need to know information. Yeah, it's need to uh, know. Well, okay. Thanks, everyone. This has been a great week, and we will uh, be back at the same time next week. And uh, Enjoy your days. We appreciate you. Bye.